Bear, and welcome to the Homeschooling Family Podcast. Here, we discuss just about everything that comes into play when you're a Christian homeschooling family. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and on today's podcast, I invite you to join me for an interview I did with Ann Dunnigan about raising mission-minded children. We're all called to be families on mission, and Anne gives some great ideas for how that can look at all stages of your children's lives. In the same vein, I want to make sure you know about our newest class, Heart School. Heart School is a self-paced class which will help you refine your vision for your family and your homeschool, while also helping you learn to take advantage of the freedom and opportunities homeschooling affords. If you want to raise mission-minded children, you're definitely going to want to check out Heart School, for we talk a lot about our mission and how to engage our children in it. Whether you're brand new to homeschooling and need the information and confidence to pursue this great call, or if you've been homeschooling for years and could use a good refresher course on why you're doing this in the first place, Heart School is for you. Visit teachthemdiligently.net forward slash heart school for more details and enroll today. Now let's join my conversation with Ann Dunnigan about raising mission-minded children. I'll see you there. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, This week, I'm really, really, really excited because we are going to be talking with Ann Dunnigan about raising mission-minded children. Just, I need to give you a little bit of testimony here. Ann has probably had a more profound impact on my life and our family than anyone else that speaks at Teach Them Diligently or is involved with Teach Them Diligently because I had read her book, Mission-Minded Child or Mission-Minded Family, the first one I read, um, just before God called our family to start Teach Them Diligently, to go full-time into the ministry with Worldwide Tent Makers, and it just so encouraged and excited my heart that that it really God used it mightily in my life so I am very very excited that the Lord has allowed us to minister for all these years and I am beyond excited to be talking with her today and uh, letting you all get a little bit of insight into her heart as well so Anne, thank you so much for joining us and can you tell everybody a little bit about where you're coming from and your family and that kind of thing so they have some perspective on who you are Okay, well, you are so sweet. Thank you for those awesome, kind words, Leslie. We just appreciate you and David and Teach Them Diligently are super excited about your new book coming out and just the heart that you have conveyed in that book to just, you know, catch the heart of what Teach Them Diligently is all about. So a little bit of background about us. Uh, My husband, John Dunnigan, and myself, we have been doing 
We've been focused on global missions for over 30 years, and we have seven kids, and we are in our final uh, 27th year of homeschooling. And so uh, in that, um, you know, over the years, we've always been based in the United States, but just over the years, um, the Lord has just taken our family to a lot of different places around the world. As a family, it's been over 100 different nations, and uh, my husband, John, is a missionary evangelist, so he does a lot of, like, church planting, and we care for orphan children, things like that. So we have seven kids, and, you know, like I said, last year of homeschooling, our kiddos are growing up, so we only have one at home, and he's a senior, and uh, our kids are starting to get married. We have four married and just got a new engagement in the family and 10 grandbabies already. So, you know, when, I, when I'm looking at things, it's like from a generational point of view. And, um, you know, we, one of the sayings I like to say is that missions is not just for missionaries. God's call is for all. And God wants for every one of us men, women, boys, and girls, all of us as Christians to be a part of expanding God's kingdom. You know, however, just that we would obey whatever it is God tells us to do. Well, I, um, like I said before, I so appreciate your heart and your focus and your wisdom in this. And so I'm probably just going to lob a couple of questions and just let you take it away. Because um, I don't want to interrupt you. I don't, I just want to hear from your heart on this. But many of those of us in this room have young children, some of us older, but let's first of all address those young children. How can we really start instilling in the, our young children a love for God, a love for people, a vision for what God is doing in the world, and, and really start raising mission-minded children from very young ages? Uh, I think part of it is just, you know, as kids are, you know, even little babies, like little tiny children, you know, one of their first words is, mine, you know, mine, or no, you know, like wanting their own way. And, you know, to just instill inside of children the heart to love, the heart to share, to not be selfish, to honor people, uh, you know, that is something that we can do from the time a child is very young. And uh, something I want to just throw out there, many people are familiar with Hudson Taylor, who, you know, is a world-renowned, you know, he was a famous missionary to China. Um, he went on to found China Inland Missions and just has a, you know, a tremendous impact on the body of Christ for global missions. But do you know, his parents were the ones that instilled in him a heart for missions from the time he was really little. Uh, when Hudson Taylor was only five years old, he's known to have said, when I'm a man, I mean to be a missionary and go to China. And that's only five years old. And I have a quote here by Hudson Taylor's parents, and I, I just love this quote. Um, when they're referring to childhood, they say, at no other time is there greater capacity for devotion or more pure, uncalculating ambition in the service of God. Uh, you know, because sometimes kids love to, you know, when I grow up, you know, I want to be an astronaut, or I want to be the president, or I want to be a mommy, or, you know, I want to be a teacher, you know, all these kind of, you know, sometimes even crazy things. I want to go to the moon, you know, I want to invent something. But if we could just instill in our children, will you do whatever it is that God wants you to do? You know, not my way, but God's way. 
and it can be instilled from the time children are really little. Um, one of our, our sons, Josh, um, he and his wife, Anna, they now have three children. They founded an orphanage in India and Bible schools and things like that. He's actually um, not a full-time missionary. He is a businessman and does construction, you know, kind of construction management oversees a team of about 100 people building apartments. But they do ministry work. But, you know, when Josh was only eight, like, oh, eight or nine years old or something, my husband, John, was over in Africa. And I came downstairs I was at home with all the kids, and Josh was on the couch crying, like like weeping on the couch. And I'm like, Josh, you know, what's what's going on, kiddo? Like, I thought maybe he was like really missing daddy or something. And, and he just said, Mom, Mom, I'm just thinking about all those people who don't know Jesus. I'm thinking about all those people that don't know Jesus. And, and if they don't know Jesus, they can't go to heaven. And if they can't go to heaven, they go to hell and, and then they get stuck there. And, and, and that was the part that the, it was God himself was showing Josh, those people are stuck there. And, and he just was like weeping. And you know, so I'm putting my arm around him and I'm like, well, you know, let's just pray. Let's, let's pray right now for daddy over in Africa. And, but then he was like, mom, he says, you know, I've, I've never had a chance to share with somebody about Jesus. I, I've never had a chance. And I'm like, well, let's pray that God will help you talk to somebody about Jesus. And so we prayed together. Um, but then, you know, like a like a good proactive mother, I was like, we, we got together some little, you know, gospel tracks and we talked about, you know, if you're going to talk to somebody about Jesus, what would you say? And how would you tell somebody about Jesus? And then it's like, okay, Josh, where can we go to find somebody who doesn't know Jesus? Like, we got to get out of our house. And I, I think that's a word for a lot of us as homeschoolers. Uh, we need to sometimes get out of our house and remember the lost. And we went to a park, and Josh found a kid that named Randy. And uh, no, it was just a couple days later, he was able to share with this little boy named Randy, pulled out the little tract, and, you know, there on a playground, was able just to talk to him about Jesus and actually led this little kid to the Lord. And um, it, it ended up about, oh, less than a year after that, Josh actually came with us to Africa and John let him preach on the stage to like thousands of people in remote, it was kind of Northern Uganda up by the Sudan border. And that little kid, he was just eight years old, just like preaching up a storm. And, you know, but it was God, you know, God, but it, it, it's, it's like a combo of allowing the Lord to work of, encouraging kids to grow strong in their personal relationship with Jesus, encouraging kids to worship, you know, just even as we worship and talk to the Lord and get his heart, it's like we want other people to know him too. Well, how much, you know, I, first of all, that story, I had not heard it. And that's, that's exactly, I think, what all of our hearts should be for our children. We want to see them come to that moment of realization of the great gift that they have been given and the great responsibility to tell others of that wonderful, wonderful gift. And that is so exciting to hear accounts of young people who have come to that and to see those who have gone before and what God has done with them since. But my question for you would be, you know, that doesn't happen in a vacuum. 
So as a parent, how do you recommend that, that I am preparing myself to be able to pass that yeah. on? I mean, that can't, I can't expect my children to have something I don't have. So what are some ways, right. even as a parent, that I can get more aware of God's great big vision for this world? Um, one thing is, like Hannah dedicated Samuel to the Lord, something I believe is very important for us as parents is that we release our children to the Lord and that we realize these are God's kids. These are God's children that we are, as parents, as, as mothers and fathers, we are stewards of God's children, that he has entrusted us with the honor of, of raising them for the glory of God. Not just raising them to like look cute in church and make us look good, but raising our kids so that they will do whatever it is that God would call them to do. And that can be scary. <laughs> like it can. I, you know, we've had our, our oldest son, um, after he went off to college, he went into the Marine Corps. And that's what he really believed that God wanted him to do. And, you know, he ended up commanding snipers on the front lines in Afghanistan. And um, we had a, a daughter and her husband, Trey, when they, you know, had their first little baby. Uh, they were over uh, living in Niger, West Africa, and during that time, um, there was just, you know, Muslims came in, and there was bombing of all of these churches. They were burning down all the Christian churches in town. We got a call at 2 o'clock in the morning, and it's like, Mom, Dad, can you guys pray? It's like smoky everywhere. There's people at the gates of the mission compound, and there's like fires everywhere, and they're burning down all the churches. And to pray, so like, sorry, it's our daughter there, you know, our son-in-law, our grandbaby. And, you know, as we prayed, it was just, it was just incredible. Like, it, it, it was fear, you know, so it's like you take that passion, and we began just to pray, and we just began to pray for God's will to be done. And the more I prayed, I really felt they were actually exactly in God's perfect place, God's perfect plan for what he had for them. And um, there were some verses that came to our heart about, you know, you will walk through the fire and I'll be there. And, and when we looked it up in the Bible, there's actually right in that context in Isaiah, there's a verse that talks about, um, I will bring your sons and daughters from afar. I will bring them from the ends of the earth. And I just was, Lord, I just pray that you will bring our daughter home. You will bring our son-in-law home. You will bring our grandbaby home. You will protect them in Jesus' name. And we even had the coolest thing is there was a church that had like these um, Bibles that the, like the pages had all been burned out. And there was just that one page. Um, it was in the Niger language. Um, like the house of language and and I could tell from the numbers and the Isaiah you know I could tell what verse it was but it was like the, that very little section about you know you will walk through the fire and I will be there and the part about I will bring your daughters and your sons back from the ends of the earth it was like the page of the Bible that didn't get burned up like it was it was just it was just incredible or then like that next week when Christy went to church Okay, and you know, she's been in church her entire life. She's been, you know, little churches, giant churches, tons of churches. I mean, church, you know, so many different churches. <laughs> but she went to this church building 
that was completely burned out. Sound system, no sound system, no chairs, you know, just ashes everywhere. And to see the local believers um, in an area that just is, you know, surrounded with persecution, fervently worshiping and loving Jesus, she wrote me that day and she just said, this was the most incredible worship service I've ever been a part of in my life. And you know, as a mom, I, I just, I can't tell you, like, you know, the, the range of emotions that that does, you know, part of it is just trust and relying on God and part of releasing our kids to do what God would have them to do. And like, there were people who said, hey, we will pay for them to fly out instantly. Like, we will pay for them to fly out. And as they prayed about it, they're like, we feel we're supposed to be here right now. This is a critical moment in the life of the Christian church here in West Africa. So, um, so like, how do you start that with little kids? It's, I, I mean, you know, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, uh, to be able to show pictures of people from around the world and to let our children know. Do you know that like of Muslims, Hindus, and Buddhists, it's like 83% of Muslims, Hindus, and Buddhists do not even know one Christian. Like they don't even know one. Uh, you know, how can, you know, it, it's like if this is true and, and when you really get a hold of it, okay, Christianity is true. The Bible's true. God is real. God, we have a personal relationship with him. We love him. He loves us. But man, there are multitudes of people around the world that have never ever heard about him before and they don't even know anyone in their sphere of influence who can tell them about Jesus. And as you begin, even as children are little, um, you know, whether it's praying for neighbors or then praying for like people you see like pictures in a magazine of just letting kids know there are people around the world who they've never heard about Jesus before. And, you know, that's why, that's why we have a heart for missions. Or, you know, there's children around the world that, you know, they, they only have like one ripped up shirt. And, you know, you got so many clothes, your closet is like, you know, overflowing. And it's like, okay, let's organize our closet, but then, you know, let's raise some money to help provide clothes for children who don't have clothes. So, you know, little things like that, sharing, um, and just realizing that, you know, our children, all that we have, our home is God's, our kids are God's, our stuff is God's, our money is God's, it's, it's all His, and that we would just live our life for the glory of God, um, not just for ourselves. And, you know, hearing you speak, hearing you recount those testimonies of when Christy and Trey were in Africa and, you know, all the other things that I know that your family has seen God do, um, the emotion that that invokes. If we live our lives so insulated that we don't really give God room to do great and mighty things that we can see, as believers, we're missing out on so many incredible blessings because he is still at work. He's at work every single day in the world. And I feel like so many of us are sleeping through it because we're just not, we're not willing to get out of what's very comfortable. And we're so afraid that our children will be exposed to something so hideously awful that, that we're really sheltering them in a way that's, that's closing them off 
from great, great blessing. You know, we, we are privileged to have a ministry over in Poland and, and my children have been over there a few times. And every time that they come back, they are praying for very specific people. They are amazed at how God has opened doors for, you know, expansion or that we actually have a building or whatever it is that he is doing over there. You know, we've seen, we've seen many teenagers come to know the Lord through a camp and they get to rejoice with us in that. That is part of the tapestry of their childhood. And it's, it's really given them a vision of, you know, kind of how they're going to cast their net as they go forward as well. But you know, how, how, what are some ideas? I know you share a lot of them in your books and through your website. What are some very practical ideas for ways that we as parents can expose our children? You know, we've been able to go abroad. You guys have been able to grow abroad. That's not, not an option for all of the families that are watching. Yeah. So, but you don't have to because there are lost people all around us. So how on earth can we very practically start taking steps to expose our family to opportunities to see God do great things? It, it can be, it can start little baby steps. Uh, you go to a Chinese restaurant and, you know, as you see a, a little, you know, Buddhist statue in the corner of just, you know, as you pray for your food, to pray for the people who run that restaurant and just to be really loving and kind to them. Uh, maybe sometime, you know, bringing in a Jesus film or something like that would be, a, you know, in Chinese that you could do. Uh, another idea would be... Um, Exposing through missionary biography books. Uh, YWAM has some really good ones, The Christian Heroes Then and Now. Um, there's one called Window on the World that, you know, has wonderful pictures and, and things like that. Uh, we have a fun little book called The Whole World Needs Jesus, you know, just about instilling in kids a heart for other people. Uh, something that our kids have done, uh, they've had different times that they've reached out locally. Um, this is kind of as kids get a little bit older, but reach out locally in our own community and have done, uh, they would meet every single Saturday and just go out and do things. Kind of sometimes they would go door to door and sweep sidewalks or they would pass out cocoa downtown, like little things like that. And it actually, we didn't have a lot of very good results here in Oregon, uh, but we actually found that some of our kids, even after week, after week, after week, after week of people just saying, I'm not interested, I don't care, I don't want anything to do with that, that all of a sudden, the lost had a face. And like we've had, our, some of our kids have just shared that even through rejection, it stirred in them a heart to pray for people even in our local community who don't know Jesus. and. You know, a lot of our kids, you know, have been able to, uh, we have a, a son that works with child evangelism now, and, you know, we've got kids that have been doing different things, but, and not all of the ministry. I, I mean, uh, you know, some of them, you know, whether it's military or working for Google or being an engineer, um, uh, we have a son that he actually works at home, but he travels to Saudi Arabia and Malaysia and China uh, as an engineer. And he's just in his early 20s. It's like incredible. He works from his home and travels as an engineer. And he, he says, Mom, you know, working as an engineer from my home, it's kind of like homeschool. You know, I get up, get a cup of coffee, and do my math. <laughs> uh, but through that, God's, God's opened different doors. Um, sharing, honoring, like, you know, sometimes if you have a missionary um, or, you know, somebody that's, you know, kind of doing something, you know, for the kingdom of God. They come to your church or you meet them. 
And as you just encourage your children to honor them, you know, like go up to the table with your kids and show them the pictures and have them, hey, let's meet, let's, you know, meet the missionary and shake their hand. And as we honor those who are expanding the kingdom of God, that can also stir things in the hearts of our kids to, um, you know, that these are our heroes. Right, right. Yeah, I remember growing up. So... I don't know. There's, I mean, there's lots of like, I mean, you could do fun little things. You can make passports for fun, you know, and just as you pray for different countries around the world, you can put little stamps on your passport. And um, I actually love to encourage families to actually get real passports just in case, uh, just in case God would call your family to go somewhere or call maybe a, a dad and a kid to go, you know, maybe an opportunity will come to go on a mission trip. And if you have passports, then that becomes an option. Uh, but it could even just be for fun, you know, when, when you, as you meet different people from different countries, or as you learn about the world, you can like use that little passport, uh, reading stories to our kids, um, showing them the, the needs in the world, you know, even just being thankful for things like toilets, you know, thankful for hot water. I, I mean, you could even just do a little thing like one time when your kids are going to take a bath and, you know, instead of having nice warm water, you could have like really cold water. And, you know, as you put your kids in there, they were like, ah, I don't want this. It's like, well, do you know, there's a lot of people in the world, they don't even have clean water, they don't have hot water. This is a blessing that we have here in our country. This is a blessing. Or, or like, sometimes kids will say stuff like, I'm starving. And that, that is a no-no in our house. You do not say you're starving. It's like, you are not starving. We have seen starving children and you are not starving. You're hungry, you're hungry. But there's some people that, you know, they go long, long times without food. So like, you know, little things of, you know, training kids to not be picky, training kids to love others, whether they're different or, you know, whether they have special needs or if people are, you know, a different color or if people are younger, people are older, just to teach our children to honor. And I, one of the biggest things is just to teach your child, your child to love God personally, like a personal, their personal prayer life, um, their personal hunger for the word of God and for worship. God will instill his heart for those who don't know him in the hearts of our kids as, as we just nurture that relationship for our kids to have with Jesus. Yeah, it's, it's so important to help your children to understand that there is so much more to the world than what they see. There's so much world to, or more to the world than them. You know, children are, well, all of us, are inherently yeah. self-absorbed. We want to be comfortable. We want to, you know, we, our perspective is very selfish. And, you know, the earlier that you can start, like, like Anne was talking about sharing, talking about giving and loving and, and recognizing that there's so much beyond yourself. Um, it's just, it's so good for our children. I am going to share a lot of Anne's um, 
resources down below because they are all excellent and you need to check them out. And, and, and we are out of time. I can talk to you forever about this, but thank you so much for joining us. And I will see all of you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you on site at one of our many events each year and throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. Go to www.teachthemdiligently.net forward slash podcast to get more details and resources to encourage and equip your family. While you're there, you can also pick up the show notes and additional information from today's show. It's our daily prayer that God will encourage and equip your family through Teach Them Diligently, and we'd love to hear from you. Send us a note or share your stories with us on social media with the hashtag WeTTD. God is doing great things within His families all around the world, and we would love to celebrate that with you. We'd also love to have you join us by subscribing to our podcast and then sharing it with a friend who could use a little encouragement as they too follow God's plan for their family. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, and I look forward to visiting with you again real soon.